morning. Good to see you. Now that your anxiety level is ramped up, <laughs> let's try to deal with it. <laughs> um, today we're beginning a message series that we're going to deal with fear. Talk about how God really helps us through our fears to work through those. Uh, today we're talking about the biggie, uh, the fear of death. And it's sort of like dominoes. If you can deal with the fear of death, then the rest of them follow. So we're going to dive in and deal with this one, which is, it is the biggie. It's the thing that we all uh, fear and dread naturally. But with the Lord's help, we can begin to, to work through it. Fear, technical definition, is a painful agitation in the presence of danger or in anticipation of it. Fear can help you in some ways. It can help you get moving on some things that you've needed to deal with as you get fearful, kicks you into gear. Uh, it can actually take you to another level. You, you can bump up uh, what you're doing. Um, sort of like a big game player, a big game football player gets in. You know, it's it's in the in the moment that, boom, they really get moving and things begin to happen. But many times fear comes with a loss of courage. <clears throat> and there are distractions that come in the middle of it as we try to deal with the what-if scenarios like we saw in that video. Uh, and these things don't really help you deal with the core, the core fear, and it makes life miserable as you're trying to work through these things. Here are two common reactions to fear. Uh, first one is to build a fortress with our own strength, insight, and resources. We try to become self-sufficient. We live in denial uh, of the things we fear. And we try to convince ourselves that we're in control. We, we've got this covered. We're all right. We're, we're going to handle this. Um, this way, I don't need to trust God or I don't need to trust anybody else. I, I, uh, so you, you, you react to you. So I'm going to get my hands around everything I'm dealing with. M many folks who are here, <clears throat> they don't admit that they have fears uh, because to admit fear would create a breach in the wall of my fortress. And I like to keep those walls as thick as possible. So to admit that I even have fear at all uh, is, is a problem. So I don't, I don't admit it. Second common reaction is to give in to our emotions and become afraid of everything. There, there are two divergent paths we take if this is the, the way we react to fear. Uh, first of all, we either try to please everybody in order to gain a sense of security from them. So we just we're afraid and we don't want to have any kind of struggle. So we just try to do what's going to make everybody happy and keep the peace. Or secondly, we say forget everyone else. And we get all we can out of life right now. I'm just going to party. <laughs> you know, I don't know how long I have. I'm going to go for it right now. Grab, grab everything I can get out of life right now. Right here and now. Um, it's interesting. As you, as you deal with fear, there are two basic emotions that we all experience in life. Fear and shame. And... There's only one source of help with these basic core emotions that we experience, and that's God. 
God, God is the only one who can deliver us from our fears, especially the fear of death. He, he is the only one that can help with this. Um, Psalm 3, 6 and 8, it's a passage I have memorized, these two verses. I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. This is David quoting. It's, it's a, obviously a battlefield psalm. I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. He knew when death was close and a real possibility, I've got to go to God. He's the only one that can really help me in the middle of this situation. I was talking to Nathan Lewis, a member of our congregation. He's professor of behavioral science, and he's my cheat sheet when I talk about psychological issues. He's like my cliff notes. I just ask him a question. It's kind of like you punch the button and boom, out comes all this stuff. So we, we, were, we were talking about this earlier this week. And um, he said that after 9-11, hundreds of crisis counselors converged on New York City, uh, offering their services, thinking that they would be needed. But what was interesting is, that the victims who survived 9-11 didn't want to talk to crisis counselors. They wanted to talk to clergy. Because in a time like that, we know where the help's going to come from. I mean, there is only one source of help for the fear of death, and that is God himself. And, and what happens when we experience these traumas, these moments when we, we face death or we deal with death, God's put eternity in our hearts. We know that there's more than this, this life. And so we're drawn to him. We're, we're drawn to consider the ultimate issues in life and to get our questions answered and to try to figure things out. God is the only one that can help. Nathan was saying psychology can't deal with death. God's the only one who can do that. He's the only one that offers a source of help there. We know this in our heart of hearts. And so when we face the death of someone close, when we deal with trauma like at 9-11, we're drawn toward God. And, and that's God wants us to go to him. He wants us to learn to take refuge in him. So since that's the case, faith is always the right response to fear. It, it always is the right response. I think of the, the time when Jesus disciples were uh, rowing across the Sea of Galilee. They had rowed for about three, three and a half miles. They were in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus had sent them across the, the sea. He was going to meet them on the other side. Well, a storm, a squall shows up, which happens a lot, I guess, on the Sea of Galilee. And in the middle of the storm, they're rowing as hard as they can. They're not getting anywhere. They're starting to fear for their lives. And as they're freaking out, Jesus comes walking across the water. And he says, where is your faith? In Luke 8, 25, where is your faith? That's, that's an honest question. That's, that's the right question. In the middle of the scary circumstance, that's when you need faith. Sometimes we put it on hold and we think, I'm just going to handle this myself. I'm either going to build my fortress or trust in my fortress or make sure it's secure or I'm going to just cave into my emotions and wallow on the floor. Oh, oh. What do I do? But Jesus says, where is your faith? He asked the disciples in fear and amazement. They asked one another, who is this? 
He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Now, these guys, they knew who he was. They knew who they believed he was. They believed that he was the Son of God, the one who came to save them. They, they knew that. They had left everything to follow him. And as they see him and what he can do, they're reminded, wow. That's, you know, that's kind of like, whoa, that's amazing what he did. We so easily forget who God is in the middle of our, our fears. But it's right then that we need to remember. We need to remember him. Faith, faith is, is crucial in responding to our fears. The core issue is this. Am I going to completely trust God with my life? That, that's, that's the question right there. Am I going to completely trust him with my life? It doesn't work to sort of trust God. Well, I'm going to sort of trust God, and then I'm going to build my fortress, and then I'm going to try to make people happy so that things go okay. It doesn't work. It doesn't really help. You've got to completely trust God. Sort of trusting God is like putting a salve on our fears that need an antibiotic that works its way through its system, through our system. You know, you, you, Neosporin doesn't help on a bone infection. You can, put, you can just put all the neosporin you want on a bone infection, and it is not going to help. You need something that goes inside and begins to work its way through your system. That's what complete faith in God does. It's something that you've decided in your heart of hearts, I'm going to trust him. And then as you deal with the fear in life, you, you can, it, that faith can begin to work its way through your system. I have... There was a song way back there. A lot of you guys would probably hadn't heard of it. It's called Because He Lives. And one of the lines in, it, in the song says, uh, Because he lives, talking about Christ, all fear is gone. I, I couldn't sing that. I couldn't sing that song with integrity. I would always have to say all fear is going. <laughs> because I deal with fear. I, I work through things, I, I, I look at the scenarios, I consider what's coming up, and I think, oh, no. And at that point, I need to trust God completely. And as I learn to trust him and walk by faith, not by sight, then that God's able to work through my system what he wants to work. And, man, there is help there. There is help in him, but not on my, not on my own. We have deep grooves in our hearts and minds that lead us to react to fear in certain ways. Our own version of the, the common reactions I mentioned. But to deal with fear at a core level, you have to trust God. You have to, you have to trust him. So if you're investigating what it means to follow Christ, I would encourage you put it at the top of your list of things you're trying to figure out. Because that will settle the core issue of life for you. Once, once you settle it, then you can really face your fears. You can deal with shame. You can deal with the things that you have to face in life. And life can get good in the midst of the hairiest stuff. Life can be good. Because, because God gives you the help to work through it. He's the only one. He is the only one who can help with this. We apply our faith to fear by taking refuge in him. That's what scripture says. 
Psalm 46, 1 through 3, it says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. You you trust God, not your own strength. If you're going to take refuge in him, what you do is you trust him, not your own strength and insight, not other people. He is an ever-present help in the midst of the trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. We will not fear because God is right here with us. God's presence is, is a key to dealing with fear. Knowing him, knowing his presence helps you deal with the fears. It's interesting, uh, as God would ask the leaders in the Bible to do different things, he'd give different assignments. Moses was one of those that he asked to lead people out of bondage in, in Egypt. And the conversation would always go, uh, there was a pattern to every conversation with these leaders that God would ask to do things. They would say, but God, I can't do that. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to handle that. And God would always answer back the same. I know that, but I'm going to be with you. I will be there. And so I know it's scary. Moses gave up a lot, put his life in danger to do what God asked him to do. But God was with him as he walked through that process. That's how it is. As the children of Israel... Uh, As the Israelites were about to take the land of Canaan, God told them to do so. And that was his assignment to them. These, these, the people in the land of Canaan, they were huge. And the Israelites were like, ah, you know, we're going to die. In fact, the first round of guys didn't try because they were afraid their wives and children would be, be snuffed out. So they didn't try. But this, 40 years later, this is the next generation. Before they went into Canaan to take it, to begin to fight the battles, uh, Joshua says that God says through Joshua, Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Be not frightened, neither be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's always the answer. As we're dealing with our fear, God is going to walk through that fear with us. He's going to help us. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, here are some practical, practical ways to take refuge in God. That's what, that's what we need to do. <clears throat> the struggle in the midst of your fear is going to be with your emotions and your thoughts. That's the battleground. That's where we're going to struggle. The what-ifs can overwhelm you in life and in the middle of dealing with fear. But we can deal with them by faith. Um, God wants, us, he wants to help us get past them. Technical definition of neuroses is anxiety-based living. God, God wants us to get past that, to, to live free of that and to enjoy life. The first thing we can do to take refuge in God is Handle our emotions by turning to God in prayer. Simply put, and that, that's, there's real help here. Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You can decide to let your fears take you into the presence of God. 
So your emotions stir up, you get afraid of something, and you can allow that to take you to prayer, to ask God for help. As, as you deal with fear and anxiety, aggressively take things to God in prayer. We tend to stew in our fears. We tend to just wallow in them. Uh, God, God wants us instead to take specific concerns to him and then express gratitude. God, thank you for, what you've, for the life you've given me to this point. Thank you for the blessing that I have. Thank you for your goodness to me. It's impossible to be stressed out and fearful and grateful at the same time. It's impossible. So, so we need to take our specific concerns to God when we're dealing with fear and be grateful. And the peace will come. That's the promise in that verse. God brings the peace through that. Secondly, so that we deal with our emotions. Secondly, control our thoughts by focusing on truth. Lamentations 3, 21 through 24 says, yet this I call to mind. I, I could relate with Jeremiah. He's the guy who wrote Lamentations, very melancholy person, sort of like an Eeyore, you know, half glass, half glass, uh, glass half empty kind of guy, sorry. Um, but anyway, he, he, in the midst of looking around at what's going on in the nation of Israel and all the grief and the loss, he says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. What you bring to mind will determine how well you're going to deal with the fear. What you bring to you have control over it. You, you, can, you can bring the right things to mind. And this is what he brings to his mind. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. And we find ourselves waiting quite a bit in life to see what God's going to do. We wait in hope of him because he is our portion. He's our inheritance. He's the one that we trust. We know that no matter what goes on right here and now, God is going to be good. He is going to take care either here or on in through eternity. If you know God... You need to remind yourself in the midst of the fears, God is in control and he will not rip me off. That's the shield of faith. Fear is something that the enemy, Satan, wants to use in our lives to distract us, to get us off track, to to really ruin our lives. Um, But this is the shield of faith that we have in the armor that God's provided. God, you will not rip me off. I know that I'm going to trust you right in the middle of it. Here's some practical ways to overcome the what ifs, Um, some things that have really helped me and things you find in Scripture. First of all, face the worst and rejoice in it. Uh, A lot of times we hesitate to face the worst thing that could happen in a situation because we think that if we admit the worst or if we bring the worst to mind, then it might happen. One of the one of the walls that we erect in our little fortress sometimes is we don't want to admit the fear because if I admit it, then maybe it could happen. One thing I've learned is that God does not take his clues from me. He doesn't take his clues from you. So whether or not you think about the worst, he's going to decide what's going to be the outcome of the situation, not, not you, not me. My thinking has no control over what God does. So we wait for him to move and act 
and, and we try to find out what he's going to do. Job set a great example, Book of Job, one of the oldest books in the Bible. Uh, Job had lost everything. He'd lost his wife, his children, his wealth had been wiped out. And he ran the worst-case scenario. And in Job 13:15, he said this, Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his faith. See, he, he decided, even though God takes me out, I am going to trust him. I, I'm, going to, to, I'm going to see him, and then I'm going to work it out with him. We went through uh, five or six years ago. I've talked a lot about it. If you've been around a while, you've heard. But my, my son went through some back problems. And uh, in, he was a junior in high school. And first we thought it was a hamstring, then we thought it was hip, then we figured out it was his back. But there's a four or five, six-month process trying to figure out what was going on with him. And I was worried because he was a baseball player, and his dream was to play college baseball. Of course, that's in jeopardy. And for me as a dad, I thought, oh, no, you know, he could bail out on the whole thing here, the whole God thing, <laughs> you know, because God didn't come through for him in this. But anyway, so that ramped it up, and we were anxious and fearful, and we go to a doctor's appointment, and then, oh, it's not the hamstring, it's his hip. Okay, what's that mean? Okay, it's not his hip, then it's back. What's that mean? Well, every time I kept running all the scenarios, I'd be on the Internet trying to figure out what's going on, trying to become, you know, an expert in backs. And um, every time i go to the doctor, and it would be worse than I thought it was going to be. And finally, a friend of mine said, you know what, Randy, you need to run the worst-case scenario and decide that you can rejoice in that. And so I decided that the worst thing is that Thad has back surgery and he dies on the operating table. <clears throat> and I thought through, what am I going to do if that happens? What, how am I going to respond? How could God use that for good? And at that moment I thought, well... I'd be grateful for the 17 years I had with him. He was a real joy. And uh, I would just trust God. I would go on doing the things that God has assigned me to do. I would not back down. And I, I would trust him in the middle of that not to rip me off. After I did that, Every report from the doctor was a bonus. <laughs> I can tell you, it was like, yes, <laughs> he's out of surgery. By the way, what happened in it? You know, <laughs> he made it. That's fine. I'm telling you, it really helps. Now, don't stay there. I'm telling you, don't wallow in the worst. But go there once. Decide in your heart how you're going to respond and then move on. There, there is real freedom there. You can do that with God's help. You can't do that. That is a scary place to go without him. But knowing that, you know, if Thad were to die on the operating table, he's got eternity. I don't know what God's purpose is. I, I really, I don't know what he wants to do with his life, but I'm not going to argue with God. I'm, I am not God. I am God's servant. So ask what if, run it to the end of the, the, the scenario, and with God's help and perspective, say, so what? So what if that happens? I'm going to trust God. I know he's good. I'm going to keep walking with him. Um, next thing you can do is put your mind on a leash. 
We tend to let our mind go like a dog, sniffing trees and fire hydrants and running through the trash, seeing what's there. Um, Rain it in. Rain in your mind. Philippians 4, 8 through 9, which is a passage that helps us deal with our anxiety and fear. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So you can choose what you think about. Sometimes we, we think our thoughts and our emotions attack us and we have to succumb to them. That is not the case. We can choose to focus on the right things, the good things. So think about the right things and do the right things. Think about people who face similar instances. Find them. Ask God to bring them around. Look at what, how they've dealt with the adversity, how they've handled things. Follow their example. That's what Paul's saying. Put these things into practice. Think about the right things and do the right things. Don't buckle under the fear. Be courageous. Be strong. Another thing we can do is screen the input that we get. Proverbs 15.30 says, A cheerful look brings joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. Um, some of our struggles come from the input that we get, uh, especially through the media. If you watch a lot of TV, research says that your fear level is much higher than people who don't. What, have you ever watched TV news? Have you ever paid attention to what comes across the screen there? I mean, whoa, things I never thought could happen can, you know, have now come to my consciousness. Oh, my goodness. And you're always TV news is full of negative stuff. The weather, which is sometimes negative and sports, which can really hurt if your team is lost. So it's, you know, it's not very helpful to just soak this stuff in and just react in fear to what's going on. Um, Proverbs 25, 25 says, like cold water to a weary soul is good news from a distant land. Find people, real people, who give real encouragement and hang out with them. People of faith, people who know how to trust God. Start hanging out with them, and you'll find that really helps as you're dealing with life, as they're sharing the right perspective. Another thing you can do to control your thoughts is to just flat out reject wrong thinking. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Refuse to run the what-if scenarios. Eject the CD, or I thought this morning what I should say is choose another playlist. Don't, don't run that playlist. Get, get on to another one. Um, bad scenarios tend to lead to unreal danger and despair. You're thinking about things that will never happen. Good scenarios lead to unreal hope. I mean, even the good ones. You run the good ones. You're not quite sure how it's going to happen. It's false hope. You need to put your hope in God, the real God who is in charge of what's going on in your life, and trust him. Many times I wake up in the morning, and especially in, like if, if it's a stressful week, lots going on, trying to accomplish some things, things are going wrong, not sure what's happening. My mind is racing already. And so I, at that point, what I've learned to do is to begin to bring to mind Scripture that applies to the situation. It's our only offensive weapon 
in the armor that God's provided in Ephesians 6, is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So I'll start bringing it to mind um, as, I, as I deal with life. One, one of my favorites is Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. He is, he is my protection. Of whom shall I be afraid? Of course, the answer is no one or no thing. I don't have to fear because of him. Not because of me. My thoughts don't help me in those moments. But God's really help. He, he really brings the strength I need. Finally, the freedom that God wants to give us comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus sets us free from this fear of death. Hebrews 2.14 and 15 says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. Let's talk about Jesus. He became a man. He too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery to the fear of death. This is why Jesus came, to set us free from the fear of death. We can, we can look death in the eye with courage, not fear. And if we can do that, we can deal with the smaller fears. Jesus said in John 11:25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. Here's a description of Jesus in another place in the New Testament, Colossians 1.18. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. There, there aren't many births in cemeteries. In fact, there are none. There's only one in, in actuality, Jesus Christ. He rose from the grave. And because he did, he... God wants to make him the firstborn among the dead so that we follow him and we also experience the eternal life that he has to offer. That word firstborn is prototokos. It's prototype. He's the prototype. God wants to make us to be like him in, in experiencing life after death. So he, he is the one we follow. If you don't yet know Jesus Christ personally, I want to encourage you to pursue knowing him. Get your questions asked and get your questions answered about him. Put, put it high on your list, your priority list. Pursue him. Make it a priority because he alone has the answers to this fear. He has the answer to the fear of death. He alone. He's the only one. If, if you do know him, realize God's presence right in the middle of whatever you're fearing. Your, your temptation is going to be to scramble, try to take care of yourself, to try to make people happy around you, to deal with the fears, whatever it is. Trust God. Now, you, there's some action you're going to need to take, I'm sure. Take it in faith, trusting him. Take the action that he would want you to take. Trust him completely. With your life, and you'll find freedom in the midst of your fears. Here's some next steps. On there's a connection card in your program. Uh, there's some next steps that you could possibly take, um, if you'd like to apply the message this way. Just check one of these and let us know uh, by putting it in the offering when it comes by a little later. Uh, one step is I, I will stop giving in to my emotions and turn to God in prayer. 
you, what you say is, I, I just want to, every time I get worried and anxious and begin to get ramped up in my emotion, I'm going to turn that into prayer. I'm going to go right into God's presence, and I'm going to ask him. I'm going to acknowledge his presence, really, is what you're doing, and ask him for help with the specific concerns that are going on. Another step, I'm going to control my thoughts by focusing on God's truth. I'm going to work through some of those things we talked about, focus my thoughts. And then finally, ask God to set me free. I'm going to ask the Lord to set me free from the fear of death. Maybe you don't know Jesus yet, but you want to get to know him, and you want to ask God to help you along. God, show yourself to be real to me so that I can trust you in the middle of this, so I can trust you and not deal with this fear any longer. Help me to face it and have the courage to deal with it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the truth that we find in the scripture that really does set us free, sets us free from fear. We all deal with fear, but God, you, you really are the answer to our fears. And so I pray that you'd help each one of us, Lord, to find uh, the, the strength and the, the faith to trust you completely, not sort of trust you, but completely trust you with our lives so that as we walk through things, we, we can walk with courage, not in our own strength, not in ourselves, not in anyone else, but in you alone, God. May we find courage and help for dealing with our fears. We ask for the help in this, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.